And our aim this morning is verse 8 through 14. The last few weeks, we looked at that call there in verses 1 through 7 to be submitted to authorities, the ultimate authority, the Lord, and then authorities appointed by the Lord. Looked at that in great detail. We saw, amongst other things, that we are to pay taxes, customs to those who they are due. We're to give fear to those whom fear is due and honor to whom honor is due. This morning, we'll see that we also have a call beyond just those in authority to every individual to be paying them their due, which is biblical love. We have a call to give biblical love to everybody. We owe that to everybody. We should never be found owing biblical love to anybody. And so we're going to look at that this morning. We're going to see what that looks like, a little glimpse of what that looks like in our text here. Then we're going to see that it's high time. Paul gives a great charge that it's high time for us to wake up right now and be found loving God and loving others in the way that he has called us to do so. Because our time here is very short. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming very, very soon. We'll also look at some practical things that in many ways Paul's already touched on in this epistle to those in Romans, but we'll reiterate some of these practical things that we're called to do to help us in loving others. Because let's face it, in and of ourselves, that's a difficult thing to do. There's some people that are easy to love and there's some other folks that aren't quite as easy to love. You know, anyone like that. And so we're gonna look at the call to put on the armor of light, to put on Christ. It goes back to that call to present ourselves to the Lord, to have that relationship with the Lord, the things of God sown into our life. So what comes out of us, the things of God, the fruits of the spirit of God, the love of God. It's not something we're manufacturing, but it's the product of a relationship with the Lord, God's word in us. So we're called to put on the armor of light, put on Christ and to cast off the works of darkness. And again, goes back to not presenting ourselves to wickedness. Whatever we sow in is gonna come out of us. That's a universal law. The Lord says, don't be deceived concerning that. So that's just a little bit of where we've been and where we're going. Let's read verse eight down through verse 14 and dive into this. Paul writes, Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there's any other commandment, are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. And then notice verse 11. And do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness and in lewdness and in lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. So again, we want to remember that the verse before this 
we have that charge to render due that which is owed to those in authority, that which we are called to pay them. Specifically, verse 7, it says, Render therefore all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs are due, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor is due. And it'd be very easy to think, okay, well, that's the end of that thought. Now we kind of go to a whole new subject matter, but that's not the case at all. We see now Paul broadening absolutely this call to our interaction with everybody to be showing everybody the love of the Lord, that the love of the Lord is due them. As we pay our taxes, we should be paying the love of God to everybody. As we give respect to those in authority, we are to be paying biblical love to everyone, not just those in authority, not just those who love us back to everyone. And that absolutely we are never to anybody biblical love. Again, owe no one anything except to love one another. That's what we are called to be showing. We don't want to be in that place where I owe you love. I'm not giving you love, so I owe it. Is there a cricket in here? What's that noise? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyhow, you probably, what's this guy talking about back there? So can you guys hear that back there? <laughs> now you're going to be listening to it, the whole sermon and whatnot, you know? So again, that call to love everyone. You know, right as we get started here, you know what? Are, is there anybody that you owe love to that you haven't been showing love to? I think if we really step back and we're honest before the Lord, there are areas in our lives when it comes to others, certain individuals or certain situations where we do owe people love. We haven't been showing them the love of the Lord. I know that I need to grow and abound in that area. If it's just the pastor in that place and you know what, uh, we're probably in big, big trouble. But I think we're probably all in that place of acknowledging it so that we can receive so we can get out of trouble and abound in the lord and again just real quickly we've looked a lot of what love is and we'll touch more on that in this but think back there to first corinthians 13 even those few verses that give such a broad and wide definition of what biblical love is and think about your interactions with others when we read this text here are we showing this love to everyone in our lives it says love suffers long and is kind love does not envy love does not parade itself is not puffed up does not behave rudely does not seek its own is not provoked thinks no evil does not rejoice in iniquity i think that's a huge thing for today but rejoices in the truth boy there's a lot of folks today rejoicing in iniquity and shunning the truth and calling it love but that's not what love is love doesn't rejoice in iniquity but it rejoices in the truth and we know that god's word is truth love bears all things believes all things hopes all things endures all things and again we owe biblical love to everyone because of the great love shown to us the great love shown to us by god almighty again in sending his son in sustaining us and giving us breath in our lungs, provisions, rain on our heads, the sun shining on us. Again, Romans 5, 8, doing all this when we were enemies of God. 
But God demonstrated his own love towards us and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Look at the Lord didn't lavish that love on us when we said, oh, I love you, Lord. He didn't wait for us. And well, if you say I love you, then I'll show you some love. No, when we were in gross rebellion against God, when we were doing as we will, when we serve the God of our own belly, children of wrath, we were called. Sons of the wicked one, we were called. Again, not just in darkness. Ephesians says we were darkness. When we were in that place, God showed us the greatest love in coming and laying down his life for us, demonstrated it. Didn't just say, I love you, showed us he loved us again in completely dying to self to save your soul, to save my soul, to atone for the sins of the world. What an awesome God. What an incredible display of love. And I'll tell you this morning, if you're outside of Christ, the love of God has been demonstrated for you and God wants to even lavish more love upon you through you calling out to his name to have salvation, to have forgiveness so he can come and work in your life personally. Inscribe your name in the Lamb's book of life, seal you with the Holy Spirit and begin a work in you that he will complete absolutely 100%. If you don't know him, know that he loves you. And know whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Well, again, as he has loved us, we're called to love one another. Jesus said in John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Notice, as I have loved you, you also love one another. By this, all will know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. So the Lord says, as I have loved you, I'm calling you to love one another. That's a high call, isn't it? The Lord who laid down his life for us. The Lord who even right now lives to make intercession for us right now. Do you realize in Christ Jesus, the Lord is making intercession for you right now? We read in Psalm 139, the thoughts the Lord has towards his children outnumber the sands of the sea. So he says, I have loved you. You need to love one another. And again, in that, he says, all will know you're my disciples. That's a powerful witness when we are walking in love. When we just talk about it, but we don't display it, that's a bad witness. That's hypocrisy. And remember we read in the earlier chapter, let love be without hypocrisy. Notice John 15, 11. Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. And that your joy may be full. Do you want fullness of joy this morning? This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. And then the Lord says, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. So again, we're charged again. Love one another as I have loved you. And he said, in this, in this, there's a fullness of joy. There's fullness of joy found when we die to self and when we love others. There's also friendship with God in that. He says again, you are my friends if you do what I command you. And we need to remember that when we are not walking in love, when we're even stubbornly standing in a position of either hatred or unforgiveness or bitterness, or just in a place of complete selfishness, that is not gonna bring a fullness of joy. 
Fullness of joy comes when we die to self. It's not going to enhance our relationship with the Lord, our Father, as well as our friend. And absolutely, it's going to take our witness and it's going to make it ineffective. In fact, there won't be a witness there at all. When you learn to walk in love, and the more we learn to walk in love, there is more joy that is found in that. Again, we're talking about biblical love here, as described in the Bible. Not this modern-day love is do what you want to do, and I'll do what I want to do, and love is love. No, again, love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. And then we see all these aspects of love, which is really dying to self and considering others more important than us. We see this charge given to us to the Lord in so many areas. In Matthew 10, 7, he says, And you go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. And notice what he says, Freely you have received, freely give. Again, as I have loved you, love one another. As we have freely received his love, we're to freely give it. That means you give it without expectation of getting something back. And let's face it, how often do we only show love when we know we're going to get it back? Or we only show it if we first get it from someone else. But when we were in sin and rebellion, God showed us his love and he showed it freely. Do you realize this morning salvation doesn't cost anything? <laughs> that he laid down his life for us, he paid our debt, that we can have forgiveness that we can have reconciliation with God, that absolutely we can be redeemed through the work of the cross through simply calling on his name. Notice what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 12, and if you forgive, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Again, God has forgiven us. Who are we not to forgive others? We've freely forgiven forgiveness. So he says, freely forgive others. Walk in that call that again, God has demonstrated and placed upon us. We talked about it a few weeks ago, that ungrateful servant who, remember, was forgiven a lifetime of debt. That's a picture of us. All our sins forgiven in the Lord. But what an ugly picture that comes next when that servant that was forgiven a lifetime of debt goes, finds that fellow servant that owes him a day's wage, remember, begins to choke him out. And you're gonna pay me all that is owed to me. Boy, so much love shown to him but so much little love shown to others. We don't want that to be us. Let's recognize the great amount of love that God has shown us. Let's remember how much God has forgiven us. Let's remember how much the Lord has freely bestowed upon us. Again, if you're having a hard time loving and forgiving others, step back and reconcile or remember how much God has loved you, forgiven you, the great goodness that God has shown to you, that God has shown to us now again this is where maybe someone would come in and say well wait if he paid my debt that means i'm not under the law how can i owe anyone anything because we're not under the law in christ we're under grace right well let's recognize though that our freedom was purchased so we would be washed but also so that we would walk in are you ready for it love a love relationship with god and we would walk in a manner that is showing love to those around us. Our freedom from sin, death, Satan, and hell was not purchased that we would go walk in selfishness. God didn't say, I want to lavish grace on you so you can be just an incredibly selfish individual 
and you know it have everything catered to you and have this mindset that the whole world revolves around you it doesn't revolve around us again we are to love the lord god with our heart mind soul and strength and then our neighbor what as ourselves we're third in that list and when we get it flip-flopped around again there's not joy there there's not a strong witness there our walk with god gets hindered in that but when we say lord i want to love you first i want to love others above myself we actually are the greatest benefit or benefiters of that we benefit greatly from that a fullness of joy comes in absolutely friendship with the lord increases and our witness is strong because of the work of the spirit of god in us versus quenching the spirit via selfishness and self-centeredness and absolutely carnal and fleshly actions versus walking in love notice first corinthians 10 23 all things are lawful for me but all things are not helpful all things are lawful for me but not all things edify let each one's let not let no one seek his own but each one the other's well-being so again i'm not under the law i'm under grace but under that grace i have a call not to be self-seeking but to seek after others well-being to edify others galatians 5 13 similar thought but you brethren have been called to liberty only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh but through love serve one another for all the laws fulfilled in one word even in this you shall love your neighbor as yourself but if you bite and devour one another beware lest you be consumed by one another notice that warning there i don't want to be consumed i want to abound in friendship with god i want to abound in fullness of joy i want to abound in my witness and again we have liberty we're under the grace of god today we are a free people but let's recognize that freedom is to be used to exercise love to show others the grace that god has shown us to show others again the forgiveness that god has shown us as god has provided for us and has blessed us to take those blessings he has provided for us to bless him to bless one another to serve one another and again there's a warning here look at if you don't want to do that beware you're going to be consumed by one another and how many people are just consumed by others because they don't want to forgive them or want to love them what's that 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 saying you know they they live rent free in that person's mind or their heart you know tormenting you remember that the servant that didn't forgive he was given over to the tormentors so much better to walk in freedom so much better again well i can't forgive him or i can't show him that love again go back to the great forgiveness and love that god has shown you and you're like well i'm a swell guy though that guy's not then really get before the lord and ask god to show you yourself outside of him because we all grossly fall short of the glory of god now again notice the call here oh no one anything except to love one another for he who loves another has fulfilled the law this phrase here oh no one it means everyone it means everybody it means don't know don't owe anyone anything it's not a call just to a select group in your life to say well i owe love to this group and that that group but not this group they've done so many foul things against me and look what they stand for i don't owe them anything no you owe and i owe everybody the love of god 
Now again, that doesn't mean we rejoice in iniquity. It means we stand in truth. And so let's get that straight because this could get twisted really, really quickly. Because even in so much of Christian day, there's so much, you know what, wickedness coming in as a suppressing of the truth. All these people saying, we're going to deconstruct our faith. We're going to tear down the things of the word of God and we're going to bring up our opinion. It's happening all over the place. That's not love. That's us even puffing ourselves up and putting our opinion above God. That's Laodicean is what that is. And the Lord says he's going to spew that out of his mouth. But absolutely, we have this call to show biblical love to everyone. We looked at this recently where Jesus said in Matthew 5, 43, you've heard that it said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies bless those who curse you do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you that you may be sons of your father in heaven for he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good sends the rain on the just and the unjust and then notice verse 46 for if you if you excuse me for if you love those who love you what reward have you do not the tax collectors do the same So again, if we say, well, I'll love you if you love me, but if you're not loving me, I'm not gonna love you. The Lord says, look at the tax collectors, which that's another word for thieves, do the same thing. (laughs) Meanwhile, God showed us love when we were in rank rebellion and sin. So when we say, well, I won't love, aren't we then kind of saying, well, I'm better than God? I mean, if you really think about it, versus this great love God's lavished on me, I wanna love God others with now real quick because we want to look at things in context this is not a call never to purchase anything through credit now listen it's usually a wise idea not to do that because i've heard this scripture taken before and say oh no one anything except love that means you can never borrow any money that's taking this out of context Again, this is a call to show love to everybody. Because if you borrow someone's money from somebody, paying them back is showing them love, doing it in a timely manner. And absolutely, though it is wise not to go that route, if you can avoid that route, Scripture says in Proverbs 22, 7, the rich rules over the poor and the borrow is servant to the lender. We do see principles given in Scripture for lending and borrowing money. God told the Israelites, if you lend to your brother, don't charge him interest. And then in Psalm 37, 21, it says, the wicked borrows and does not repay. So there is a call to lend to one another. There is even, again, pictures in the scripture of some lending with interest. And that's an okay thing, provided you are really being led by the Lord in that we have a freedom. This isn't a scripture to prevent that. I mean, I think the Lord that some 20 plus years ago we took a loan out to buy our home which should be paid off really soon and right now my mortgage payment is half of what my rent would be it's it's like it's like i'm in an apartment type you know my my payment's like an apartment and that gives more money to be able to serve the lord so we want to use wisdom in those things and it's better to avoid that if you can But this isn't a scripture restricting you from borrowing money. Again, we want to be led of the Lord. We want to make sure we are using wisdom. We want to get wise counsel. 
But I want to point that out because principles are given in hopes that it would bless the lender and the borrower when that's the case. Moving on to verse 9, he says, For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there's any other commandment, are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. Listen, as we just saw, part of loving your neighbor is doing good to them, the do's, the things we're commanded to do, and part of loving your neighbor is not sinning against them. So it's the do's and the don'ts. And really what we get here are don'ts. Don't do these things. Again, the Lord said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And if we love our neighbor, if we love society, that's gonna be seen in us keeping the commandments of God. John 15, nine. As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. We're called to imitate the Lord. The Lord showed love to the father by keeping his commandments. The Lord showed love to us by keeping his commandments. And then in 1 John 5, 2, it says, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God, notice, and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and the commandments are not burdensome. So if you're in a place of saying, I love everybody, but you have no regard for the commandments of God, you're not loving God and you are not loving others. And let's face it, just in this little list right here, so much of this list is not practiced by so many people. They do commit adultery nonstop. And we'll talk about that being an umbrella word for all sexual immorality. They do murder all, nonstop, not necessarily in physically killing, though there's a lot of that taking place, but even in hating other people in their heart. They do steal nonstop. They lie nonstop. They covet nonstop, but they say, but I love God and I love you. That's not scriptural. Loving others is, again, doing good to them, and it's also not sinning against them. It's keeping the commandments of God Almighty. Again, loving your neighbor is not just a feeling. It's not you do as you will and I'll do as I will. It's not you got your truth and I got my truth. It's not love is love, you love your way and I'll love my way. Look, at those are doctrines of devils. And yet it's so much of today's theology. We don't like these commandments of God. We don't like this call of God. We're gonna deconstruct this and kind of come up with our own way to serve God. Look at it, it's a key word. If you haven't heard it yet, you'll hear it. We're deconstructing our faith. I hear it so much nationally. I hear it so much locally. Of people going, you know, I went to church for years and there were certain things they told me that I'm not supposed to do. And I wanted to do those things. So I'm deconstructing my faith so I can do those things now. No, if God says don't do those things, you're not to do those things even to this day right now that we are in. Who are we to deconstruct God's word? It's like, we'll destroy it and build it back better. No, 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 no. We stand in the truth of scripture. Ephesians 4, it talks about God giving pastors and teachers and so forth to equip the saints. And in verse 14, it says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by the cunning craftiness 
of deceitful plotting, but notice, but speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up in all things in him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by which every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Notice, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. We got to stand in the truth of God's word, the truth of God's commandments, the truth of God's grace. But if we want to get tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, the new being, deconstruct your faith, deconstruct theology, deconstruct these biblical principles that are from Genesis to Revelation. Again, that's being tossed to and fro. Love is not seen in that. Love is seen when we walk in the truth of Scripture according to God's heart and mind, which includes, number one, you shall not commit adultery. Now listen, adultery is violation against the marriage bed. It's also an umbrella there in those Ten Commandments of abstinence from all manner of lewdness and sexual sin. It's also spiritual idolatry and apostasy from the true God immorality runs amok today adultery runs amok today fornication premarital sex runs amok today homosexuality runs amok today so much of that creeping into the church provision being made for it and the list goes on and on and on and on god has not called us to those things embracing those things celebrating those things is not loving god and it is not loving your neighbor even in the area of marriage jesus said in matthew 5 23 but i say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery and whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery we got a low view of a lot of these things nowadays and God says love is seen in not committing adultery. Again, it goes against God's word, Jesus' plan. What's his plan? He reiterates Genesis when he's asked about marriage. Have you not read that he who made them from the beginning made them male and female? And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. That's God's plan for sexual relations. Anything outside of that is biblical adultery. And make no mistake, this idea of what you do in your bedroom doesn't affect anyone else. That is a lie. Listen, it's a sin against God when we practice sexual immorality. It's a sin against yourself. It is a sin against the person you are with or you're lusting for. It's a sin against your current or future spouse if you're single. And if you're currently married, it's a sin against them. And hear this, it is a sin against society because it adds to the breaking down of family and culture. You better believe what you do in your bedroom affects everybody else. It 100% does. That's just a lie of the devil. Well, what you do in your bedroom doesn't affect anyone else. That is not true look at our country is in the state that is in a big part of it is because of sexual immorality practice in people's bedroom because guess what they carry that out of there and their behaviors and their actions and their carnality 
and their lack of reverence for God and their lack of reverence for the ordinances of God. Look at this also includes pornography and lust. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 27, you have heard that it was said of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Hear this this morning. Hear this. Those people that are in those pornographic images in whatever form they come in, we owe them the love of God. And the love of God is not seen in looking at them and lusting after them, aiding in their sin in the sense of funding it or even those exploiting them. We owe them the love of God, which means I don't participate in this. And when we do participate in it, we are not loving God. We are not loving them. We're really in the true sense, not even loving our soul. We're not loving our spouse, future spouse, and we are not loving the culture. And let me tell you, those things bring destruction. Sexual sin brings destruction. Proverbs 6.26, for by means of a harlot, a man is reduced to a crust of bread and an adulteress will prey upon his precious life. Can a man take fire into his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Proverbs 5.3, for the lips of an immoral woman drip honey and her mouth is smoother than oil, but in the end she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet goes down to death. Her steps lay hold of hell. Again, these things reduce a man to a piece of crust versus walking as a a son of the king. It destroys natural affection. Notice, it's like walking on hot coals. It destroys that ability to love the way that God has called us to love. God can restore that when we repent. But when we continue to walk in it, there's a callous. We have a callous culture that we are living in. And as it talks about our feet going down to hell, let me tell you, these things open wide demonic doors that give hell a legal opportunity to come in and to oppress you and to affect your home. You better believe that. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. And when we embrace these evils, we quench the Holy Spirit of God. No fruit, no power, no witness, and no fullness of joy. Oh Lord, set us free with these truths. He says, you shall not murder. And again, we know murder is physically killing. The Lord tells us in Matthew 5, 21, down through uh, 22, that is also hating in your heart. When you hate others in your heart, it's as murder before the Lord. Again, we read earlier, love prays for, forgives, looks to bless those that have done us wrong versus us saying, well, I'm justified in hating this person for what they've done for me. We're not loving them. We're not loving God in that. Here, this roots of bitterness and hatred, they hurt everybody. Hebrews 12, 14, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble and by this notice many become defiled have you noticed we have a culture that's very defiled it's a culture where look at a lot of times you got to look hard and 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 really gaze hard to not see the Lord but the Lord working in and through people 
It's because it's a culture that's marked by sexual immorality and it's very much marked by hatred and bitterness. It's like everyone wants to run around or so many people running around wanting something to even be bitter about. Have you noticed that? I want to be a victim too. So what can I be bitter at? Who can I be angry at? That's not scriptural. We're called to forgive. We're called to lay hatred at the foot of the cross. To say, Lord, I'm hating this person. Lord, it's wrong. Forgive me and help me to show them the love of God. Hear this. That's a prayer God will listen to. That's a prayer God wants to answer. And now sadly again in this day, and I touched on a little of an announcement, there is a push for literal murder to even be accepted in the church. And again, we're talking about life in the womb. Again, God forgives. God restores. I don't address these things to shame women that and men that have partaken in that we have a god who forgives and gives life that's who our god is the enemy is the one who still kills and destroys but there's this great push that's coming in the church that is not pro-life this is a headline from reformation charlotte july 1st russell moore's justice conference featured multiple pro-abortion and pro-gay speakers who's russell moore the former president of the southern baptist convention it's not some scrub like who i who is this guy the president ex-president of the largest evangelical denomination in the united states of america partnering with pro-abortion and pro-gay or homosexual speakers and these guys are pastors promoting these things very sad very that's not love that is not loving a man or a woman who is wrestling or even embracing homosexuality that is not loving them that's hating their soul that's not loving women that are in a place of you know what an unplanned pregnancy that's not loving that baby that is not loving anybody but a promotion of self and again, it runs amok in this day that we're in. He says, you shall not steal, taking from others, cheating, even taking credit or glory from others. The scripture says, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. God is so much better. He shall not bear false witness, or in other words, lie. It's a world full of lies, a world full of deception, usually for selfish gain. The Lord said in John 17, 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is the truth. Again, to be sanctified, it means to make, be made holy. Let's strive for holiness, not legalism. But we're called for a holy walk, to be set apart. That doesn't come through deception and lies. That comes through speaking truth. He says, you shall not covet. Again, covetousness produces a, hypocritical love where there's oh yeah I'm, I'm so happy for you you got that but in the heart there's jealousy i want that for me why did they get that that should be mine ever fall into that trap <laughs> listen if first timothy 6 6 now godliness with contentment is great gain you want a contentment you want a joy of the lord be thankful for what god has given to you and use it well he says for we brought nothing into the world and certainly we can carry nothing out that's true done a lot of memorial services lately 
Haven't seen anyone carry anything out. I think about the parable where the Lord is bringing people in to work in the vineyard and he's bringing people all the way to the 11th hour and they don't work a full day's wage, but they get a full day's page, pay, a full day's wage, wages pay. I, you, you know what I'm saying? And those guys that got worked first, they, didn't, they got paid the same as those that work now. And they're like, wait, this isn't fair. And the Lord responds, isn't it law for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I'm good? Look at God bestows on others whatever he wants. Well, that's not fair, God. No, it is fair. God can do whatever he wants what he ha- with what he has. And we do well to get free from covetousness by just recognizing that. And learn to have godly contentment in what we have. Boy, there is so much more of a joy there. So much more of a freedom there. And then he says, if there's any other commandment. Well, there's other commandments, right? They're all summed up in this saying, namely, you should love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So again, a great encouragement. You know what? How do I want people to treat me? You know, what's biblical love? Yes, we want that given to us. I'm called to give that to others. I want to be forgiven when I, you know what, sin against somebody. Then I need to forgive them when they sin against me. I want mercy shown to me. Well, I need to show mercy, right? So on and so forth. Now notice verse 11. And do this knowing knowing the time. That now it's high time to awake out of sleep for our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. So do what? Do this, love. Love others. Listen, we are called to do. We're not called just to hear, but we are called to be doers of the word. We've been saved unto good works that we would walk in them. Let's do these things again, knowing it's high time. Knowing it's time to wake up knowing it's time for the spiritual alarm to be ringing to get us out of our sleep and slumber. Let's not be like those 10 virgins that all fell asleep, even the five with oil in their lamps. Knowing our salvation is nearer than we first believed. That would be referring to two things. Number one, again, the day of our death when we will inherit eternal life. Again, we are saved when we call upon the Lord, but that inheritance will be fully grasped that day we pass. That day is nearer than when you first believed. Do you you understand that? We talked about this Wednesday night. We all have an expiration date. It's written on a somewhere. I haven't found mine yet, but it's somewhere there. That expiration date is, it's, it's getting closer. So let's wake up and be walking in the things of God. Again, it's high time. Now is not a time to be slumbering. Oh, because of the day we're living in now? No, every day. (laughs) Every day. Listen, it wasn't high time in 2020, you know, or 2021, January of 2021. It's the height of the corona thing and all the oppression. It's high time we wake up. High time is right now. And high time will be tomorrow and high time will be the day after that until the day we go to be with the Lord or the Lord comes for us and he is coming soon. Can we say amen to that? And if you've been falling asleep, wake up, man. Wake up, Lord, wake us up. 
We need a big sound effect right now of an alarm clock, you know. Where do I press news? No, let's not press news. Notice verse 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Again, time's ticking away. The day of the Lord's about to dawn. The scripture says our life is a vapor. It's a shadow. So he says, therefore, do what? Cast off those works of darkness. Listen, casting off means I throw it far away. Look, and when you fish, you cast out far. And it also means there's some effort involved. Some people say, well, I'll, I'll quit, you know, walking in works of darkness when God floats me up and floats me away from it. You know, oh, God, where are you taking me? Yes, there's a power of the Holy Spirit. But man, we got to rise up and say, I'm putting it off. We, we can't ignore personal responsibility. We got a personal responsibility. And this takes effort and it takes deliberate action. There in Matthew 5, the Lord says, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. He says, it's far better to have one eye than go to hell. Now, is he literally talking about plucking out your eye? No, he's talking about casting off those things getting those things far away that would cause your eyes to stumble. That means safeguarding your home and your heart. And then he says, do what? In turn, put on the armor of light. This takes action as well. Ephesians 6, I encourage you to read it. Verse 10 through 18, it talks about the full armor of God. And we're instructed to put it on because we are in a spiritual war. This is a call to, again, walk in relationship with God, to be a people of the word, to be a people of truth, a people walking in righteousness, sharing the gospel, walking by faith, knowing that we are saved again by grace alone, through faith alone, and him alone, taking up the word, praying in the spirit. And then verse 13, let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness and lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. Have you noticed that a lot more wicked things happen when it's dark? Walk is in the day or in the light. First John 1, 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. Again, it's wanting to walk in truth, wanting to walk in uprightness, even in these areas that we struggle in, not to hide it from God, but to say, Lord, help me, God, I'm struggling with this. This person did me wrong, Lord, and I'm having a hard time forgiving them. Help me, Lord. Listen, that's bringing you into the light. The Lord will help you. Versus over here harboring, you know, plots and plans and so forth, and I'm glad I'm saved, but oh, I'm gonna keep this over here. God already knows. Look at, bring it into the light of Christ. Not in revelry. That means, revelry means continual partying. <laughs> and, and, and there's a lot of people in this world, they just, it's one party after another party after another party after another party after another party. Nothing wrong with certain parties. <laughs> But when that's all your life is, like, you know, how am I going to get through the next day? How am I going to get through this week? Oh, I got a party this weekend. No. How about I got Jesus today? Not in drunkenness. 
Scripture says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit of God. I saw a thing the other day. It had the counties of California and those with the most amount of drunkenness. San Luis Obispo is very, very high on the list. I saw it in a forum where it was a college discussion. Oh, yeah, Cal Poly. Like, bros, don't you ever go to North County? There's nothing but wine and beer up here. Has very little to do with your college. You know what? I know that your sorority and whatnot. You know, bad news for you guys. And listen, I know that a lot of our economy is fueled by that. The Bible says, don't be drunk with wine. The key word being drunk, but there's a lot of drunkenness. And there's a lot of opportunities for drunkenness. And there's a lot of people that get pulled into drunkenness because that glass of wine turns to two, three, four. Now they're down in a bottle and like, oh, in Jesus' name, you know? Look at, let's be real about it. These are commands from God. Oh, Steve, you're legalistic. No, we want to walk in love. We have freedom. But let's use our freedom to serve the Lord. And again, fullness of joy comes with that. Fullness of joy does not come from drunkenness. Has anyone recognized that? Well, I'm joyful when I'm drunk, but when you wake up, you're not. Not in lewdness, which again, it kind of goes with revelry. It's a continual state of lust. Where again, I just, I lust whatever my flesh wants. If I hate, if I want to hate, I hate. If I want to lie, I lie. If I want to commit sexual immorality, I go and I commit that. If I want to lust, you know, whatever it is, I just walk in that. Oh, no, by the way, I'm forgiven. I got the grace of God. No, we're not called to that. In fact, the scripture says when we walk in that, we deny the Lord. Not in strife and envy. Again, but in peace and godly contentment. We touched on it earlier. Almost done here, 2 Timothy 2, 20, 2, 19, let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Again, because these things are not marks of love. They're not loving God. They're not loving others. They're not loving your own soul. They're not loving society. Verse 14, but put on the Lord Jesus and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. We looked at this in great detail earlier in Romans where it says we're called to present ourselves to God. How do I put on Christ? How do I put on the armor of light? I got to go to the Lord. Present myself to the word. Be a man of prayer, a man of worship. Again, getting the things of God sown into me that I would go and the things of God would flow out of me. That's a day in and day out walk. That is one that recognizes when the shine is gone, I still press on. So many people, oh, I'm excited about the Lord and it's all shiny and new. And then the shine's gone and now it's time to become meat eaters and mature. And they go, I don't like the shine. I'm gonna go back to the revelry. When things just are starting to get good, when we're just starting to get on our feet, when it's time to move from high emotion to walk by faith in the truth of God Almighty. I don't need a coddle at every turn. I don't need a fuzzy at every turn. I know who my God is and who I am and my God. Now it's time to go out and walk and do something great for the Lord and in the name of the Lord. And again, making no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Again, cast it off. Get it far from you. We don't present ourselves to it be careful in this even like man i'm having a good day in the lord and that thing comes on that again we got freedom to watch whatever but you know you shouldn't be watching it you're like oh i'm strong in the lord i can kind of watch this and sift through it but all that stuff still being sowed into you and then later on that night or whatever now it starts coming up and those seeds are there 
well, I wasn't tempted by this earlier. Be careful what you present yourselves to. Make no provision for the flesh. Again, that's a safeguarding of our life. That means I don't want, it's like, you know what? I don't want to eat donuts, so I don't go get a dozen and put it on my counter. Because <laughs> them donuts going to get eaten if they're there. You know what I'm saying? This is spiritual, but it's very practical. Let's stand up and close in prayer. Well, Heavenly Father, we bless your name. You are so good to us. Jesus, you're so good to us. I thank you for the great love that you have shown to us, Lord. And Lord God, I pray and we pray that you would help us, God, to walk in the love of the Lord. We need your help, Lord. We need your aid. We thank you for your word. Thank you for this truth that we've gotten before us today. Lord, we wanna pray that this would birth an extra measure of faith in us. We pray you'd help us with the practical things here. You said you'll know the truth and it will set you free. Lord, where there's bondages and strongholds with any of these things, or as it says, any other commandments, we wanna pray, God, we'd get liberated from those things, from your word, and even just a supernatural touch and move of the Holy Spirit even right now. Can we say amen to that? And listen, if you're here and you don't know the Lord, we talked about the Lord loving us when we were sinners and enemies. Jesus made it very clear. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Call upon Christ if you have not. Turn to the Lord. Turn from sin. Turn to the Lord and let God meet you where you are at. Lord, help us to finish well. Help us to really, God, just lift our voices to you and give you praise Do your name. Let's worship him as we close here.
Amen. Encourage you guys to be praying for Brady, him and Joe. We're going to lead together today. He had his appendix taken out this week. And, you know, Lord Willing's on the rebound now, the recovery. And so uh, thanks for going solo for us. And uh, God bless you guys. Encourage one another. We got like half an hour before the next service. So, you know, and, and we won't kick you. We won't kick you off the property if you're out here talking. So bless someone and have a wonderful day in the Lord.